You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Hello, welcome everybody to The Uncommon Podcast, where I'm your host, Philip. Hey, I'm Ryan. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, how you doing? I always say thanks. I feel like time is... A valuable resource, and yeah. I feel like our we're, listeners we're are grateful. Super, we, we are super grateful. Yeah, yeah. Today is November eleventh at the time of this recording, and the cold, icy hand of death has passed over Des Moines, Iowa. Couldn't sadly. have said it better myself. <laughs> it's like uh, I think of the White Witch of Narnia. Everything is just dying outside. <laughs> um, what is? Let me ask you this: Like, what's one activity you miss the most once it just mm. gets unbearably cold out? Ultimate Frisbee. Mm. We've yeah. never talked about that on the show. Never, never. Just being with my friends, being outside, flag football, I could say the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like thinking of these experiences for the uncommon, you have to think about different things than you would have if it's warmer. Right. When it's warmer, I just feel like I have a little bit more to pull. Yeah, there's me. more There's more bandwidth. I'm not saying I'm more excited about it, but I'm just saying I got a little bit more. Um, Are you excited about being outside and cold? And Yeah, yeah. It's oh, just okay. different. Well, yeah. I like, you guys don't know. Like, I usually do a little bit more activity outside in the winter. What? Ski trips, things uh. of that nature. I got one at Big Sky, which is kind of my happy place. Nice. If you've never been to Big Sky, that would be a highly suggested bucket list, bucket list thing to do. Okay. Could be a, the uncommon in the future. You never know. Yeah. Well, something that's not uncommon is talking about the weather. That's very common. That's what everybody goes to with their small talk. So I try to avoid it. The only reason I brought it up is because this time of year is so weird in Iowa. Like on Tuesday, it was 72. I got in my last bike ride because I knew it was going to be my last one because I saw the forecast. Three days later, it, it I think the high is 22. So that's a 50 degree drop. So it's yeah, crazy. it usually happens pretty quick. And I know. Iowa. Yeah. Like it started at like it, 62. <laughs> yeah. Ended at like 32. Yeah. Like it's a 30 degree difference. And I like that you avoid talking about the weather. You know why? Because you're uncommon. I try to be. Don't ask about the weather and don't ask what do they do for a living. Think of something else. Mm. (laughs) But hey, switching gears. So as we talked about winter and just the icy hand of death, we're kind of going to breach the topic of of death in this show. Yeah, Um, it's going to get heavy. But one question I want to ask you, Philip, is who is someone you've known who has graduated, as we like to put it, mm. not not died, but graduated from this life yeah. and left a lasting impact on your life? What did they do that yeah. left that impact? Good question. Man, I have one, but I'm trying to think if there's, if I, I, I don't want to just narrow it down to one, but this is the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, go for it. It's my grandfather, okay. Harley Matney, everyone. What a name. Harley Matney, strong name. But uh, he... He's, I just think that he's really, he was like an entrepreneur at heart. He uh, bought a mobile home park mm. back when that wasn't cool and uh, provided for his family. And uh, I should hear the story again, but I feel like he left Illinois because of some, something was happening and it was really big into kind of the mafia scene. 
And so things started kind of getting heightened. And uh, I think somebody in in my recollection, like kind of reached out to him to be part of the mafia or kind of... He got tapped on the shoulder. Go, Yeah, right? And uh, he was like, I don't want any part of that. (laughs) So he moved his whole family out, which... I mean, I really respect oh, thinking yeah. about like all the options. A lot of people are like, well, I can't do that. Yeah. You know? And even just the fear of like, what right. if, I, if I say no? Yeah. And so he huh. moved to Iowa um, and then purchased a mobile home park. Wow. And so my mom still has it today. And so I just love just thinking about, you know, my, my grandmother, both my grandpa and grandma have passed away, but thinking through getting alone at that age, you know, like it's just scary, mm-hmm. but uh, my mom and then her sister still own it today. Wow. Uh, and it's still in the family. And I just feel like that his like entrepreneurship and like the way he thought about things uh, really impacted me. Yeah. Sounds like you inherited that from him. Well, I don't Did know. you ever get to meet him? Did oh, you? yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. 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 What about awesome. you? Yeah. I would say my grandmother, we called her Nana growing up. I've been fortunate to, I haven't really had many people in my life graduate. Yeah. So I haven't been to many funerals, right. um, but I vividly remember hers. And it was like the, I don't, I'm not a crier either, but it was like the first time I cried in like a really long time. Uh-huh. And so I have a bunch of cousins and we all like to, to sing whether or not we're good at it is, an, is another question, but it's pretty good. I've heard it. our grandparents love to have us like sing together at holidays, like Christmas primarily. And my grandma loved the uh, the song Hallelujah, which is oh yeah. Been, I won't sing it, but it's a good one. We sang it at her funeral, and like I just started sobbing. Oh, yeah. um, but I would say, yeah, her love for Jesus and her grandkids, and towards the end of her life, just when I kind of matured and appreciated the time I had with her more, because I knew it was you know fleeting. Um, we would have late night talks whenever she'd come into town, or we'd go visit. And even just phone calls, like she was very intentional even later in life to call her grandkids, or at least she called me. I I don't know if she's calling anybody Sorry else. Sorry about that. If they didn't I was definitely you. the favorite, so it could have <laughs> just been me. But yeah, that's a definitely an impact that she left on me of just loving the Lord and yeah. being intentional with the time with, with family. So that's good. the reason I wanted to lead off with that question is because today we're starting with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. So what do I mean by that? We are going to be talking about eulogies, more specifically our own eulogies. Yes, it is. So Philip, what is uh, let the people know, what is a eulogy? Yeah, it's like something that like is written at the end of your life about you. Sure. Yeah. So like who did you leave behind? What kind of person were you? And here's the deal. At the end of the day, I have a good, good friend. Her name is Kezia. Ooh. She should be on the podcast. She's super uncommon. Love the lady. She kind of started a business on like helping you write a eulogy for the ones that you love. Oh, wow. Here's why. Because at the end of the day, it's a lot of times it's not known when you're going to graduate. Yeah. We call it graduate because we're believers. So we feel like we're going to a better place. It's not the end. It's always uh, better to be the one leaving than to be the one left. Uh, And also I've heard this and I I love this saying is like when you, when, when somebody passes away, a library burns, like all the information Mm. they know is, is gone. But Kezia. So she she has this desire to help people write a good eulogy, not Very one cool. that you're like in panic mode, you're stressed out, you've got a lot of things, you're grieving still. Right. And a lot of times these eulogies that she would see are kind of not heartless, but like not really encapsulating the person's sure. identity. And so her job, and, and, and she started a company to help people 
write a eulogy for the loved ones yeah. in kind of a really specific way to try to pull out like a true character of them. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that appeals strongly to our victorious vision pillar of absolutely even looking back on a life and uh, pulling out just the, the gems of, you know, who they were as a person, what, right. what was the legacy they created. So that's really cool. So a, a eulogy or a, you googly as, I always love to say Derek Zoolander famously coined. So a speech that's given at someone's funeral to recount and celebrate their life. I would say there are two things we can learn from Mr. Zoolander's You Googly. If you've ever seen the movie, you need to watch it. But the first thing is that there's a lot more to life than being really, really ridiculously good looking. Philip. <laughs> Ryan. I was saying his name, Ryan. <laughs> and number two, never wear white to awake. So, But all jokes aside, funerals, like you mentioned, and, and death is, is somber. Yeah. Uh, everyone present is f- really faced with like the reality of their mm-hmm. humanity that yeah. this life on earth isn't forever. It has a beginning and an end. And like you said, we're believers in Christ. So we right. believe that death here is just the beginning, yeah. um, which is exciting. We don't have to be afraid of it. And on that note, God's word has much to say when it comes to how fleeting life is and what we must do to live with eternal perspective mm-hmm. and just make the most of our time here. So if I may, I was going to, Share a couple verses. Absolutely. So the first is James 4.14. says, Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Mm-hmm. Psalms 102.11 and 12 says, My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass, but you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Job 8 verse 9 says, For we were born only yesterday and we know nothing, and our days on earth are but a shadow. And then the last one, Psalm 90:12 teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So, yeah, what are your reflections Man, on that? Funerals are the best place to just reflect on your eternity, right? Because there's some finality in what just happened, and then you still have an opportunity. So, I think the two places I love hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, yeah. funerals and weddings. Hmm. I feel like there's so much hope and so much synergies in the Bible and and you poured out those those passages that make us really contemplate and think about, man, this life is precious and what I do matters. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately our life has been purchased with a cost and reflecting on that and then seeing where we get to go. A lot of times I, I've, I'm kind of in the retirement world. A lot of people really do a lot of preparations for their retirement. Well, that's 30% of your life. Let's go ahead and talk about the eternity Yeah, <laughs> and let's invest in something of that nature. Um, and also too, uh, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts I have on that, but the gift of being sacrificial and serving other people is ultimately the gift for the person who's serving, hmm. I think, at least for me. Um, and, and the joy that I get of serving other people is ultimately, the, like, it's a gospel-driven truth, right? Yeah. So that's what I would say for those passages really are good just to reflect on, wow, I've got an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's awesome. You? Yeah, I would just say God has blessed us with a life, this life, to share his glory with the world and we're called to make disciples and lead as many people to heaven as we can. And so even just several questions for us to consider rhetorically and for you listening her to think about, like if you're married, how are you leading your spouse to Christ? Mm-hmm. If you're a parent, how are you doing leading your, your kids to Christ at your job? Are you leading your coworkers to Christ? Um, how are you leading your neighbors and your friends to Christ? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, always these deep conversations. It can just be how you, I think a lot of times you hear stories of like, 
the smaller how, things. Yeah, and how people respond to mm-hmm. adversity in their life because then people see like, oh man, I knew this was going on mm-hmm. and yet you were carrying yourself with such peace and poise. Like, where did that come from? And then you can, the Bible says, be prepared at all times to share like the joy and the peace that yeah. we have in Christ. So it's good. With that, let's go into it. Yeah. So let's go first. What were your thoughts on writing your eulogy? Like, yeah. Humbling. Yeah. So I've, I'd, encountered this uh exercise in a a book a while back called design your future it's uh by author dominate cortuccio and he he really does it as part of kind of taking command of like the next 90 days of your life Mm -hmm. so there is like a visualization aspect to it so i did this a while back and yeah it was challenging for sure because and i'll kind of share kind of some of the steps and the mindset to have as you go into it but Um, you know, it's just a chance to envision like what your life's potential could be and consider what you want your loved ones to remember and celebrate about the life you lived and the legacy that you left behind. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's challenging to think about and write kind of in the present tense or even like the past tense of like the person you want to be in the future. (laughs) So yeah, it was challenging. Like what was your... Okay, so this is where I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I probably whiffed on this one, which happens a lot. So get ready, be prepared. (laughs) I feel like I was writing the person who I am today. This is like truly because I try to live my life of like not being like, this is who I want to become. And if it's something I want to become, then start it today. Yeah. For example, like, hey, I want to start working out more, being more intentional of that. So my goal this month is 35 burpees this month like so no more talking about it sure this is happening um and for you how's the drinking going no drinking yeah 21 days sober as of today that's amazing yeah it's amazing uh and so not like you had a problem but like you have this goal of doing it without a year (laughs) i'm doing it with a community of men who also made the same year-long commitment sounds like the uncommon crazy uh but for me like as i was reading this and kind of writing it i'm like if there is something that is out of place, we need to put it in check right now. Yes. But there really wasn't. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn by any stretch, but I didn't know if like there was a realization of like, oh, I got to be that guy. It's just these consistency things over time that yep. has produced, I believe, like Holy Spirit fruit mm-hmm. that I want to continue to glorify God in. So yeah. Um, and so then also finishing strong and then also passing that on to my kids. That was something I wanted. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I totally can relate to the challenge of writing as your future self and and also the mindset of like yeah if there's someone i want to be or my life how i want it to look why do i wait you know until yeah. later in life and that's not really what this exercise is is saying to right. do it's it's really just i mean a lot of things take time um so but i'll just get into there are seven steps that uh, i think can really kind of help you as you approach an exercise like this so we'll get into those and then we'll share our eulogies and our reflections so The first step is your future is not constrained by your current reality. So the encouragement is to dream big. Don't limit your future life to your present circumstances. That's kind of the challenge (laughs) that we're, we're in that one. And I love just even mentioning like Muhammad Ali, his declaration that he was the greatest. He said that even before he knew he was. So Mm -hmm. just those affirmations about who you want to be, but knowing that it is going to take a lot of work and probably time to get there. And also like if you have like, hey, I want to impact a lot of people because that's kind of like my at the end of the day, I want to impact a lot of people like, well, have you impacted a lot of people? Like, where are you at now? 
and and what's prohibiting you i think that's what this exercise is for right yeah ultimately so yep yeah or it's like are you even impacting one person exactly start there but later in life then that can turn into a huge that impact. can cascade pretty yep. quick yep all right so number two i'll try to go through these kind of quick Write about the person you desire to become. So God willing, you'll still have decades to grow and develop into the amazing individual you'll be. Write about that future self, which again, not as easy as it may seem. Mm -hmm. Number three, believe that your best days are ahead of you. If your best days are ahead of you, then what do they consist of? How did you grow? What amazing experiences did you enjoy? What did you accomplish? Whose life did you impact? For the record, I hate that one. Okay. I hate that one in normal life. For the eulogy, fine. Okay. Fine. And But like... I just don't like the best days are yet to come. Hey, if you're not excited about the present, you're missing it. Yeah. It's never like, oh, I can't wait till my kid does this. Yeah. You're missing the present opportunity. Sure. Right. So, but for the eulogy, I get it. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. I'll even say real quick. I kind of read that as, cause a lot of people live in the past. So they're like, why can't That's we good. just go back to like right. how things were back in high school? Shut yeah. Up, the glory up. days. And right. so I kind of read that as like, yeah, today is a gift to make the most of it. And the, I I look at every year as like I want it to be better than the previous yeah, one. Absolutely. So, right. okay. But I see your perspective on that as well. Number four is an interesting question. How long do you want to live? Do people even think about that? Just take me early. You know? <laughs> Make sure I die before my wife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sorry about that, Aaron. <laughs> but yeah, we can get caught up in. I think this is a good point. We can get caught up in our family history and genetic predispositions. So if like your father died from heart failure at 50 and maybe that you see that repeating in yeah. your family you can kind of pigeonhole yourself to that For so sure. be consider the fact that medicine is improving people are living longer so like how many years do you want to live do you want to live till you're 100 yeah and how do you want to feel as you live yeah <laughs> can i get do you want to just be like existing or do you want to still be like thriving thriving yeah, yeah. And then number five, who will you impact? In what specific ways did you positively impact the lives of your family, friends, clients, customers, people you encountered in your daily life? How will they articulate this impact at your funeral? Number six, what would mean the most for you to hear? This is an especially powerful question. Like, What would you want to hear your wife say at your funeral? Mm -hmm. What do you want to hear your kids say, your best friend? Mm. Hopefully that is your spouse, but maybe you have another yeah. really good friend. Um, even those who didn't know you well, what would mean the most for you to hear them say? And then lastly, number seven, what legacy did you leave behind? What is going to live on once you're gone? What values and traditions did you instill in your kids and family? Uh, what did you create or achieve that's evergreen and will continue to impact future generations? So hopefully hopefully our kids and grandkids can continue to listen to this show and yeah. Yeah. glean some wisdom from it. <laughs> All right, so that's those are the seven steps. Of course, you could tweak those and make additions or whatnot. But without further ado, Phil and I will read our eulogies. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. And then after you read yours, I'll kind of share my thoughts and questions, okay. and then you can do the same. Uh, and also, no surprise, it's not that long. That's <laughs> it's all right. Quick. Short and sweet. I heard the best toasts in like, yeah, are, are short and sweet. That's, I'll balance mine out because mine's like five pages. Oh. No, it's just not. <laughs> but it's long. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I knew you'd be better at this than I am. So no, there's no, there's no comparing. All right. Philip was first and foremost a child of God. He understood that his life was purchased with the cost, and, he's, and he lives his life knowing this. He left behind the most amazing woman, Aaron, and his three kids, Loray, Beckham, and Oakley. Philip uh, was a joy-filled man who had the heart to serve and love people. He would rarely say no if he needed help, and he was happy to meet other people's needs. 
Philip was as happiest around other people, and he felt like the wealthiest man in the world because of the relationships he had in his life. Philip was constantly working to become the best version of himself and loved pouring into other people to do the same. He never met a stranger, and if there's one thing he wanted you to feel when he interacted with you was that you were valued and your life was important. His best, the best part of Philip was that he wanted to impact as many people as he could, but, if that wasn't, but it wasn't for himself, but it was to increase the kingdom of God. Philip is in a better place, and he wants you to understand what Jesus has done for you and that you have your security eternally. Boom. Awesome. Insert applause. Well, or tears. You know, I think there's a lot of people who are like, we were doing a celebration of life. And I think there's truth to that. But like, there is sometimes where you just grieve. You know, it's just, there's, it's healthy to grieve. For sure. And I think there's something so biblical about just being broken for the, the, to death. Like, that's not really how God intended it. And then obviously sin yeah entered in the world and so the like the happiness is because the people who understand that have eternity get to have that but yep. there's still this like emptiness that will never be filled yeah. here on earth and there's time for grieving so yeah i think of i mean the shortest verse in the bible is jesus wept and that was his response to losing his good friend lazarus, lazarus. and right. says even when like he heard the news like he was deeply like angered in his spirit cuz yeah. death was not created by God. It wasn't right. meant for us to go through. Right. And so it breaks just to know that it breaks God's heart as well. And like you said, it is healthy to, to grieve and to mourn. Um, but then how do we allow God to bring us out of that? Mm-hmm. So there it is, my friend. Awesome. Yeah. A couple, so a couple of things I wrote down as you were sharing, just obviously highlighting your faith in Christ and that you are a child of God and were bought by the blood of Christ. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you're, your family, you know, your your wife and your three kids, just that you were a joy-filled person, which I certainly affirm, uh, your joy in, in serving and helping other peoples, and uh, even just the, the idea of that wealth of relationships, because um, even in your work with helping people with finances, like, obviously, there's the money and the numbers, right. but getting past that into how is your life wealthy because of the people that are in it mm-hmm. and the people that you impact and it's good. Yeah. Certainly there are a lot of people you've already impacted and many that, that you have I yet to, to impact. Keep yeah. We'll see. What a, let me ask one, one, well, one question that comes to mind is when you think about just the legacy that you want to leave to your two sons and daughter, mm-hmm. like what are the traditions that you and Aaron have created or have even yet to create? Yeah. That you I think feel that's is gonna a good kind of circle back. So my grandfather, one thing that he really was, it was important to him is that family vacations. And so he would take his whole family on vacation to Minnesota every year. Uh, and that's, we continue this tradition. There's now I think 50, upwards of 50 people that go. Wow. And so I hope that they keep doing that and keep making memories with the, their loved ones. And But I, I hope that they're, the core values that we have that has helped me feel super wealthy, not necessarily financially wealthy, but like that I think too, but very like wealthy in relationships. I hope that is instilled with our kids. Yeah. And that although people are, you can never plan for what they're going to do. You can never estimate what they're going to do. You can never like project. They're amazing people Mm -hmm. and they're, they're images made in the images of God, no matter what religion, no matter what they're made in the images of God. And so, I hope that that is something that my kids will 
be able to utilize as much as I get the fulfillment and joy of watching people even get cut, getting cut off in the interstate. Like truly I'm like, I wonder what's going on with that person, you know, mm. instead of like flipping them off, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I feel like that's um, something that just God has given gifted me. Like, wow, that's, I wonder what's going on in their life. Yeah. The know? empathy, the empathy thing. Yeah. So yep. good. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love that you touched on core values. Cause we've obviously shared on that in a previous episode and have done the exercise to learn about our own. There's been something that I've been exposed to more recently as like your family's core values. Oh, so even having like your spouse do their own and knowing them. And then even as your kids get older, like having them, uh, learn what their core values are and knowing that those can, can change and grow over time. But then like creating what's called like a family, um, mantra. Yeah. Either like a family contract or mission statement, but then even like a family, like vision board. So it would have each person in their core values, it would have hmm. maybe uh, what are the top two or three experiences you want to have that year as a family? Like you mentioned vacations. Right. Um, and then, yeah, that family contract or mission statement right. that everybody has a hand in um, kind of crafting. And I love it. We'll probably have to do an episode on that where we delve more deeply into it because I just love the idea of like having something down that your family's crafted that has built in accountability mm. and like my kid can come to me and be like, dad, like you're What's not, up? yeah, you're not acting in alignment with like the family like contract that we've created together. Right. And so, yeah, it's good. Love that. Okay. All right. I'll read mine. <laughs> bear, bear with me. It is longer. I, I, I've had more time than Philip to like think about it. And I've had a couple different iterations of it. Well, so, also too, like you do it to like the future Ryan at yeah, some point. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, if there's a future, we have a problem here. Yeah. Like, and so. Yeah. You kind of had a, like, probably a different mindset. Yeah. Right. I re- yeah. And yep. There's no right or wrong way. I really just try to challenge myself of like, man, what are like the pretty Ways big, grow. big things that right. could, could happen. So, all right, I'll just get into it. Ryan lived his life with the desire to glorify and honor his creator God in every way with his private and public faith in his marriage to the love of his life, Victoria, as a father to his two sons, Eamon, George, and daughter. So I don't have a daughter. That's that's one thing that I'm projecting. Yeah, envisioning. As a grandpa, as a son, brother, and friend in his career as a coach, leader, author, and speaker, and in the stewardship of his time, talents, relationships, and resources. He consciously set his mind on things above, not on things of the world. That's Colossians 3.2. He cared deeply about those around him, whether family or friends or the stranger on the street. He wasn't afraid of stepping into the life of anyone to offer them a smile, encouragement, and the love of Christ. From the time he was a young boy, Ryan loved to laugh and make others laugh. That's where he got his energy from. Whether dancing, singing, impersonations, joking, or quoting his favorite comedies, Ryan would stop at nothing to keep those around him laughing and enjoying life. Although not a self-described Jerry Seinfeld, he loved comedy and writing, and he fulfilled a lifelong dream of performing a stand-up set at the age of 50 in front of a crowd of rowdy friends and family and loose acquaintances, many of whom pulled no punches with the heckling. Ryan loved sitting around a fire with loved ones, his pipe in one hand, a glass of scotch in the other, listening to the golden age of country and classic rock. He wasn't perfect by any means, nor did he pretend to be. He struggled with an Irish temper, but he swore it was only because he expected the best out of himself and others that he loses cool from time to time. (laughs) Call it passion. 
<laughs> he battled throughout his life with his sinful flesh, but by God's amazing grace, he overcame and aspired to walk daily in humility towards the goal of ultimate holiness. He sinned a lot and he repented a lot. He clung to his identity in the risen Christ and he rejoiced in the hope of the glory of God. Ryan was a man of discipline, understanding that he alone controlled the limitations of his life. As such, he held a strong conviction to read often and invest in his knowledge and skills. This led to him being a well-rounded individual who possessed expertise in the areas of theology, personal finance and business, leadership, family, psychology, outdoorsmanship, chess, travel, culinary arts, and other fields. But more important to Ryan than mere knowledge was wisdom or putting what he knew into action. He did so by regularly volunteering with the local men's homeless and recovery mission, as well as mentoring several youths throughout his life. Because Ryan was blessed with several mentors in his young life, he always prioritized investing in the lives of younger men around him. Ryan loved being a husband, father, and grandfather later in life, and he tackled these roles with vigor and intentionality, knowing that he wouldn't succeed in any of these roles by accident, rather that they required daily work and effort, and most of all, prayer. As a husband, Ryan cherished Victoria as his most treasured relationship and best friend, and he made sure to show her each day with his actions and words how much he loved her. He loved to recount the story of how God had providentially brought them together on that hot July day when he knocked on her mom's door. Ryan and Victoria enjoyed 63 blissful years of marriage and saw the Lord bring them many trials and bring them through many trials and ultimately blessed the latter portion of their years more than the former. Through diligent planning, faithful giving, and diligent prayer, they were able to reach financial independence in their 40s, which opened doors to endless possibilities. They were able to spend their days raising and teaching their kids, serving at their church and in their community, and giving and serving with local and international missions. They also invested much time into personal hobbies and travel. When they were in their 50s, Ryan and Victoria achieved a lifelong goal of spending one year slow traveling the world which brought them to places like Iceland, Borneo, Thailand, Egypt, China, Mount Everest, the Amazon, Antarctica, just to name a few. During this adventure, they took time to serve and get to know the local people through which their eyes were opened not only to the diverse beauty of other cultures, but also the needs of people in less fortunate places around the world. This led them to become more passionate about world missions and invest a significant remainder of their lives and wealth in seeing the gospel reach the lost across the globe. Ryan's ultimate goal as a husband was to be a faithful and loving servant, knowing that doing so would bless his wife and honor his God, as well as be the foundation of modeling Christ to his kids. As a father, Ryan loved spending time with his children, playing and teaching them, and making them laugh. From the time they were young, he instilled in them several key values, love and faith in Jesus Christ, love and respect for all people, and the pursuit of their passions no matter what. Ryan had the privilege of coaching his kids in sports during their youth, as well as being present for their activities as they got older, always encouraging them to explore their interests and take risks. He never wanted them to do what others wanted or expected them to do, only what made their hearts sing. From an early age, he and Victoria instilled in their kids the principles of financial independence, teaching them that it wasn't how much money they had, but rather how they stewarded what God entrusted to them that would lead to a truly rich life. For his sons, Ryan created a rite of passage retreat that celebrated their transition into manhood. He wanted his sons to look back on their adolescence and be able to recall the exact moment when they knew they'd become a man. This rite of passage became a family tradition and Ryan had the immense privilege of leading five of his grandsons and <laughs> one great-grandson on their own rite of passage retreat. He knows this will be one of the greatest parts of his life's legacy. 
Ryan's career journey was a long and winding one where he spent the first decade working different jobs before discovering what he felt was his true calling in coaching and leadership. He saw his life's purpose as teaching people to glorify God with the stewardship of their money and ultimately their lives. Because he lived out his own journey of pursuing time freedom through financial independence, he was able to show others how to navigate their own journeys and glorify God through it all. Through several different podcasts, which ran for decades, Ryan produced thousands of episodes where he championed men and women to honor God with their their lives, their relationships, their faith, work, health and fitness, resources, and their overall vision. Mm. He was an accomplished writer and renowned public speaker, sharing all over the world and inspiring countless people. Through their foundation, Ryan and Victoria have left a legacy of making biblical financial education accessible to people all over the world in the hopes that they will store up treasures in heaven, not on this earth. In his final years, through though his life slowed down considerably, his mind and wit remained keen. Mm-hmm. He still loved nothing more to sit around the fire, though he retired his pipe and scotch in old age and shared stories of God's faithfulness over his life. Ryan is survived by his wife, Victoria, his three children, eight grandchildren, and 11 great-grandchildren. He can't wait to see them all again in glory. That's good. Uh, there it is. I thought Woo. he was going to be like, and he picked up rapping. <laughs> and <laughs> spitting the lyrics. <laughs> right old age is I should 74. Turn that, I should turn that usually into a rap. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good, man. Oh, uh, man, that is projections. mouthful. Yeah, a book. That's exciting. Yeah. What would, you, what would the book be? Oh, man. Probably uh, my rap career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, hopefully just with what we're trying to create with the Uncommon, we'll have yeah. years and decades of experiences with people and um, seeing just people grow and yeah. and even experiencing that in our own lives. And Has Victoria read that? I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. What did you feel like the hardest part of that was to write? I think what you shared at the beginning and is just writing it you you have to kind of just get past that mental hurdle Mm -hmm. of like all I know is who I am right now yeah and say like no it's okay to envision who I want to be and the life Mm -hmm. I want to live and be okay with like some of this stuff might not happen right that doesn't mean I failed Right. It means God had a different plan. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think the only way I would fail is if I didn't even take the risk to like, yeah, try it, envision it and put it down. So, right. 63 years of marriage. What would that make you age wise? That's a good question. Uh, I think I'd only be in like my eighties. Oh, come on. So yeah, we can do better. Yeah. We can do better. That's good. Yeah. We have to change that. If I'm going to live to 120, that's hey, like, that's right. <laughs> See, he's the <laughs> oldest man in the world. It's like 90 years of marriage. Cast that vision. Oh man. That's good, man. That's good. And I do feel like there's some action items of like, all right, we got to kind of get on this thing. 40, uh, financial independence. Yeah. I'm already 33. So like we got, we got to really hump here. <laughs> this is what I said as like an advisor. I put my hat on like, okay, yeah, we got to really sure. plug. Yeah. But I, I like it. Good job, man. It's really good. Yeah. So I hope this is, at least insightful for the people who are listening. Yeah. And I'm challenging you to do it yourself. Like yeah. it can be as dumb as Phillips or as amazing as Ryan's. No, there's no, like I said, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I would encourage you, Philip, to like look at yours again and, and yeah. see where like you can push even further just with right. the, the vision. Um, yeah, I think that's. But I you have a great was. start down. It doesn't have to be this super long thing. Um, like yeah, I, I like a couple of your things that you said. That's really good. Yeah. 
but we yeah we do have a a pdf uh to include in the show notes and you can have access to this and it'll walk you through how to do it yourself and we would love to have you share that um on our on our facebook and yeah post it share it have your wife share it at least with one person right i don't know you've been listening (laughs) to the uncommon podcast uh my challenge to you is uh until then keep the end in mind Figure out what you want to be and who you want to be and what you have to do to change it and then do it. Go right here, you Googly. Go do it. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If this show has helped you on your uncommon journey, we'd love for you to follow, rate, review, and share our show to help spread this message. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com where you can take advantage of resources, learn more about our mission, and take that next step on your uncommon journey.